1: Hey folks, Dr. Tim Jordan back here with a brand new episode of Raising Daughters. I come back here with you every week and talk about some issue that has to do with girls. Uh, I work with girls in grade school, middle school, high school, and women in college. Mostly middle school and high school. That's my bread and butter probably. I work with them in my counseling office. I work with them in my weekend retreats and also my summer camps and also our Strong Girls Strong World school program. And in those, in those places, even in our summer camps, which is called Camp Wilokai, I listen to girls a lot in our circle time. We sit on the floor and we talk about life. We talk about what they're experiencing, the highs, the lows, the challenges, things they're going through. Um, so I, I've learned a lot about girls and what, the, what it is that they're experiencing today. But today, I, I'm not, I wasn't triggered to do this particular podcast because of what I heard from girls. It was an article in the newspaper which said that and this is this is in January of two thousand twenty three. I probably shouldn't date these, they're supposed to be evergreen, but I just I just blew that. The Missouri House of Representatives, and this is a GOP controlled house. They just adopted a stricter dress code that requires female staffers and female legislators to cover their shoulders. By the way, I, I saw somewhere that someone by some writer remarked by the way, Missouri is a state that worships guns, but won't let women bear arms. I thought that was very clever. But the fact that they, they spent time, there's so many things that are so important. There's so much stuff that, we need, that they need to be talking about. And yet they're wasting, in my mind, time requiring women to cover their shoulders. They're creating a dress code for the Missouri House of Representatives, which, by the way, affects women only. That's going to be a common theme in this podcast today because it begs the question. I don't care so much about the Missouri House of Representatives. What I care about is girls and schools. So it begs the question, should girls be allowed to wear sexy outfits to school, to dances, going to parties? And by the way, sexy doesn't necessarily mean, you know, sexual. It just may mean... Uh, a midriff or a crop top or whatever. It's not necessarily what you're, you know, their breasts hanging out or whatever. This is just, should girls be allowed to wear what they want to school? I'm going to talk about why it's a problem and why people do that. It's interesting too, I look back trying to get, get some historical perspective and it's kind of difficult to pinpoint the very first dress code. Uh, Human beings, from what I read, started wearing clothes around 170,000 years ago. And nearly every culture and every country throughout history has either formally or informally had some sort of strictures on what to wear and what not to wear. And these things, those cultural codes were about, they reflected social beliefs, cultural values, most often dictated by the social class that was dominating the culture. dress codes have been enacted to overtly police morality. A lot of countries have dress codes. The five countries with the strictest dress codes, by the way, are North Korea, the Sudan, Saudi Arabia, France, and Uganda. In most countries in our history up till now, men have been in charge. And so their influence is stamped all over the dress codes globally. That also includes the heads of most religions are men. Dress codes, by the way, are incredibly subjective. And the person in power, i.e., the administration, they can control what's deemed right or wrong based on their own opinions. So there's oftentimes no hard, definite rule about what is or isn't allowed in the dress code. I also know historically that there's a lot of old beliefs I think um, drives a lot of decisions about dress codes. There's some old beliefs that the female body is inherently tempting and it leads to sin. And so, by God, we need to cover it up. School dress codes tend to target girls way more than boys. And the inherent message that girls and women receive is that they can't be trusted to dress themselves properly. So we have to mandate laws and dress codes to stop them from tempting boys and men. Let me say that again, because it just bugs me. We have to mandate laws and dress codes to stop women and girls from tempting boys and men. And by the way, the message to boys with these dress codes, um, unconsciously, if not consciously, is they're given the idea that they cannot control themselves in the presence of girls and women who look a certain way which implies that they are no more than animals with no self-control with no self-control and therefore it's the girl's responsibility to protect boys from themselves girls are given the message that they're dressing in certain ways just to attract boys attention you're asking boys to hit on you you're asking boys to grope you in the hallways of school and to make sexual advances i.e. you're asking for it meaning It's not the boy's fault when he gropes or makes sexual advances or does worse. It's your fault because of the way you're dressed. Just like I mentioned in a podcast a while back that if if a girl's at a party and they drink a lot and they get drunk and then they get raped, they didn't get raped because they drank too much. They got raped because a man raped them. If a boy gropes them in the hallway, it's not because they're wearing a crop top. It's because a boy groped them. By the way, I did a podcast about this not too long ago. A lot of girls I talked to have been harassed in middle school and high school, in the hallways of school, uh, being grinded on at dances, getting catcalls. And this is no matter how they're dressed at school. It's not about just girls who, who show some skin. This is about a lot of girls, no matter how they're dressed, that they experience that. By the way, I've asked girls in my middle school and high school retreats and camps, you know, why they dress the way they do. Why they wear makeup. and Let me read you off several of the responses that I get most commonly from the girls. I dress the way I dress because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel empowered and confident. And oftentimes they say I do it for other girls, not for boys. And a lot of women tell me the same thing. It's not to impress men necessarily. It's just because they, they, they like to compare with other women. Some girls will dress a certain way to fit in or, or be cool. A lot of them tell me they like to try out new fashions, and many also tell me they're trying out new identities. They're experimenting. Some girls will say they're tired of being like the boring good girl, so they're trying to uh, express themselves a little bit differently. And, it, and for many of them, then, it becomes a safe way to express their sensuality without doing anything, without having sex i.e. it's a safe way for them to play with it. Girls, women today, have to live up to standards of beauty and sexuality. They've got to be hot. They're supposed to be hot to attract boys' attention. Um, They have to look a certain way to get noticed, to to be attractive, to be wanted, to be desired. A lot of girls say they dress in a certain way because they just want to. It's fun. And they all say, and I agree, that they should be able to wear anything and not be responsible if a boy acts inappropriately. By the way, I want to repeat one more time that self-expression piece that plays a crucial role in identity development for girls, and it's one it's one major form of this expression, and that's through their clothing. Fashion and clothing are used to create and reveal certain cultural, personal identity parts. So, part of their identity is embodied in their clothing and their fashion. And it's a way for them to say, "I'm trying this out. This is part of who I am." And then that that causes problems when school administrations get involved. I heard about a school, I read about a school, called Bartram Trail High School in St. John's, Florida. It's a a public school, about a 30-minute drive from Jacksonville. And recently, when they released their yearbook, one of the girls, 15-year-old Riley O'Keefe, she was eager to see her photo because she had bought an outfit, she had dressed herself the way she wanted to, to express herself. And 80 pictures, 80 of the photographs of young women were altered because the school thought they were too suggestive. It left those teenage girls feeling embarrassed, ashamed, while their parents demanded answers and change. And those edits were made by a teacher who's a yearbook coordinator. So again, these girls, 80 girls, these young women were being criticized for the way they were dressed and made to feel ashamed. I saw an an article about Jennifer Lawrence, the actress, and she talked about how the way she dresses sometimes evokes sexism. She had posed for some photographs in London with with her director from a movie she had just made. It's called Red Sparrow. Uh, She was there with her co-stars, including Jeremy Irons. And this Oscar-winning actress wore an eye-catching black dress, had kind of a plunging neckline and hip-high slit, while the men wore coats and jackets. And because of the outfit, she was criticized for it. And she said she wore that dress outside for only about five minutes. But she said, I would have stood in the snow for that dress because I love fashion and it was my choice. She said, I finally made a decision to stand up for myself and then I was punished for it. And I got afraid that I wasn't going to be hired again because of it. She said, I was called difficult and a nightmare because of that. She said, I think a lot of people aren't coming forward and being true to themselves because they're so afraid they're not going to get work again. So it's not just girls in middle school and high school who are suffering from these dress codes and our attitudes. Which leads me to the topic of self-objectification. The American Psychological Association's Task Force on the sexualization of girls, stated stated that sexualization occurs when a person's value comes only from his or her sexual appeal or sexual behavior, to the exclusion of all their other characteristics. So girls have been conditioned to believe that their bodies exist for the pleasure of others and for sexual performance, that's self and sexual objectification. Their body and their appearance is the most important part of them. And how hot and sexy they are is very, very important. That's the message that girls are being conditioned to believe. Their body has become a product versus something to enjoy. Their body is something to show off as opposed to how it functions, how it works. It's used to impress other people. So the message girls receive is that how her body looks should be of extreme importance to her. It's all about how you look, how you dress. That's what's most important about you. And by the way, in schools, when there are dress codes, 83% of students that are cited for dress code violations in schools are girls. Five times as many girls as boys are cited for violations. I read a number of of articles and studies about this topic, so I'm going to give you just a little bit of information before I give you some ideas about what you as parents can do to support your daughters. Excuse me. Um, Study findings have demonstrated that the methods of the the, uh, school dress code enforcement promotes a sexually objectifying environment where girls feel physically and psychologically unsafe. That's important. Unsafe. The findings of these studies also reveal that girls experience body shame, self-objectification, and powerlessness through dress code enforcement and also through a lot of sex education classes in schools. So school's dress code policies are, are much stricter for girls than they are for the boys. And they arguably put the blame on girls by indicating it's that their clothing is what leads to distractions for boys. That's the, that's the language that a lot of these dress codes uses. We're doing this because it's distracting to boys and we're trying to create a better learning environment. Dress codes thus send the message to teen girls that their bodies are a problem and therefore if they need to be covered up or hidden. Is that the message you want to give to your daughter? Girls are commonly told to cover up their legs, their shoulders, their midriffs, to not distract boys. And adults at school force girls to change the way they dress to prevent any source of distraction for the boys. When instead, perhaps they should be teaching the boys and the staff not to objectify women. These dress codes oftentimes force girls to be taken out of class so that that adults can scrutinize them and make them feel even more uncomfortable in their skin than they already are because they're tweens and teens. Girls are asked to raise their hands over their heads to see if their shirts expose skin around their abdomens. I saw a quote from a high school girl that said, It feels like our shoulders and our backs and our legs all became inappropriate once we reached middle school. What makes them too scandalous to show now? Again, this occurs at a time when girls are already self-conscious about their changing bodies. There was one study that that, uh, had surveyed 481 public schools. And what they said was sexism was rampant in the writing and the implementation of the dress codes, as the words used were targeted towards girls and women. Breasts and cleavage were some of the most commonly banned visible body parts in dress codes. Um, Also things like leggings, ripped jeans, halter tops. If you look at school policies, which these studies have done, these are the clothing items that that are most often prohibited. And it's a long list. Strapless tops, spaghetti straps, halter tops, low necklines, short dresses, pajamas, sheer clothing, short skirts, Narrow straps, leggings, tight clothing, crop tops, backless shirt, fishnet clothing, visible bra straps, holes above the thighs, sleeveless shirts, frayed clothes, cut-off shorts, backless dresses, off-shoulder shirts, spandex clothing, no underwear, holes above the knees, swimwear, pants with any holes, visible underwear, and short shorts. That is a long According to these surveys, the words distracting and disruptive appeared in 76% of dress codes, again suggesting that the exposure of certain body parts, such as the midriff, interferes with learning. And once again, this sends a message to girls and women that their bodies are nothing but sexual objects, and they are responsible for the way other people, especially boys and males, perceive them inappropriately. They are responsible, not the men or the boys. Also, it's interesting, I I saw several articles that showed, including an article from 2019 from the National Women's Law Center. They published a report that found that black girls are statistically more likely to be targeted by dress code violations than white girls. Things like wraps or other head coverings like bonnets are banned at many schools. And these are often worn by black girls and women to protect their hair, their hairstyles. and They've long been a part of African-American history. And by banning such head coverings, black girls are being denied protective articles of clothing that are a part of their culture and that are in in no way offensive or disrespectful. And whether you're black, brown or white or any color, being dress coded or specifically being called out by a teacher or an administrator for your dress is really is extremely embarrassing for girls. Especially when they get reprimanded in front of their whole class, in front of their peers. A lot of girls say it feels like they're being slut-shamed. As their teacher is appalled that they would show so much skin or dress that way. So dress codes today put the onus on the wearer, not the people around them, not the peers. They're supposed to dress and act in a particular way. So again, it begs the question, why is a young girl responsible for covering her shoulders to not distract another student instead of the other student allowing a girl to be left alone while they expose their shoulders? Why are we continuing to blame the person who's wearing something instead of the person perceiving what that person's wearing? And by the way, are these clothing items really inhibiting learning and work output? I have never seen a study that showed that or proved that. That's just rhetoric. And I would love for anybody to send me articles that that would show that. But this notion that girls are responsible for boys being respectful or disrespectful, and which which dress codes uh, enforce, by the way, that can be a very damaging precedent to set. It also sends a message that girls are automatically at fault when boys are not respectful. So the girls have to start to believe that it's my responsibility to make sure that boys' thoughts are unclean and their behavior is respectful and okay and appropriate. It's my responsibility. Oh, it bothers me. Maybe we should be less focused on the outward attire the girls are wearing. Instead, having discussions and doing some teaching about where these societal expectations and old beliefs come from. I think women and girls already have enough judgments about their bodies, enough shaming to deal with on a regular basis, and calling extra attention to how they look can have an even worse effect. It makes girls highly aware of their body parts that the school says they need to hide, like the midriff, etc. Drawing attention to certain parts of the female body and insinuating that they need to be hidden makes girls feel like there's something wrong with the way they look. That there's something that needs to be fixed or punished. I read an interesting book that I, I recommend all of you reading about a year ago. It's called Missoula, M I S S O U L A, as in Missoula, Montana, written by John Krakauer, who's a great author. He went to the, the uh, University of Montana in Missoula, where at the time they had the highest number of rapes on campus of any university in the country. So he followed some cases to court he, he, and he also explains what happens with girls and with, with uh, uh, aggressive acts towards them and rapes, etc. It's a very good book. It's called Missoula. And one of the things that I've learned from listening to girls and also from that book and articles is that all these judgments about girls and what they wear and the dress codes, it can lead to blaming victims of sexual assault. Because the question that oftentimes gets asked of girls when they've been assaulted or raped, etc. is, well, what were you wearing? As if to say, well, because she was wearing that, she was asking for it. And it makes the victimized woman feel like what happened to her was her fault. And she deserved it because she was dressed in a certain way. Which is totally, totally disrespectful, wrong, inappropriate, There have been studies that show that because of dress codes in schools and the way that girls are, it's handled, that it causes anxiety, depression. Um, it tells young, impressionable young people that their identity and the way they choose to present themselves is unimportant. And This is particularly damaging to girls who are simultaneously being taught that their value comes from being a, a sexualized and being an object, but they're also supposed to stifle that. Girls get so many mixed messages. You can go to school. You can be a student council president. You can be whatever you want. Oh, but by the way, you can't dress like that. and You can't act like that. And you can't talk like that. It should not be a girl's problem if a boy at school is more fixated on her outfit than he is on his schoolwork. We need to stop blaming girls for boys' behavior. We got to start teaching boys that girls are not just sexual objects that they can look at and derive pleasure from and do inappropriate things with. So with that as the background, what's a parent to do? If your daughter comes down the stairs to go to school or go out to a party or whatever in an outfit that you're not sure about, I'd ask her what she likes about the way she's dressed what she likes about the clothes of her friends, fashions she, she she sees on people on TV shows and movies and, and the Grammys, etc. You can just have discussions, open discussions about what does that say, if anything, about the girl or the woman. As her parents, I would be very careful that you watch your judgments. Because if you're judging her outfits as being slutty, and I've heard a lot of girls tell me their parents say you're Especially dads. It's so damaging when a dad says you look like a slut. When parents slut shame their daughters because of the way they're dressed, that closes off so many doors of communication. It makes it really unsafe for girls to come and talk to you about important things, like fashion, like boys, like sexuality. It shuts off communication. Ask her about her experiences, about if she's ever been harassed at school. Are the girls at school, either her or her friends, ever being groped in the hallways of school? How does she or her friends handle it? You can talk to her about setting boundaries. What does that look like? You can role play that. A lot of girls are too wimpy and too um, passive when it comes to setting clear boundaries. So they need help with that. I tell girls, and some of you are not going to like this, (laughs) but I tell girls that they should be able to wear what they want to a party. But if they're wearing an outfit... that shows a lot of skin, that it's revealing in different ways, it's okay, wear what you want, but be prepared to handle boys' advances. Because even though we'd love to be in a utopian society where boys would not react and boys would not do those things and boys would always be appropriate, that's not the case. Just like it's it's also also not um, appropriate to tell anybody that there are certain places in any city that you should be able to walk in at, at midnight. Of course we should be able to walk anywhere at any time, but that's not the case. You can't walk in certain places in, certain, in most cities after dark because it's not safe, because there's a lot of crime in certain areas. And boys should not be disrespecting girls ever, no matter. And if you're gonna dress a certain way, just know you're probably gonna attract certain kinds of attention, especially from boys who may have interests that are not yours. I encourage girls to work on their sexual boundaries at home. Sometimes it's hard in the heat of the moment to set good boundaries when you're at a party and there's some really cute boy and you may not have much confidence in yourself. Maybe you lost your friend group and you're feeling alone and all of a sudden you feel kind of vulnerable. That's not the time to, to try and figure out what are my boundaries. Do it at home in the quiet of your bedroom. Because then you're going to make a better choice for yourself because you'll decide your boundaries are for you, not for the boy. And I tell girls all the time, when you walk into a party, my guess is, do you, I ask girls this question, when you walk into a party when, and boys that you don't know see you, do you think that they have radar that says, good boundaries, don't mess with her, versus she's vulnerable? I don't think most boys are predators. That's not my point. But they're all judging each other, right? Just like I tell girls, when you walk in, if you're at a party and a bunch of boys walk in that you don't know, true or false, I ask them, do you have radar that says, mm, nice guy, somebody I want to talk to versus creep, stay away from him. And they all say, oh yeah, I do. I tell them, boys have the same kind of radar. They may not be quite as in touch as you are, but they sense, they sense girls who are strong and clear. Have open talks about sensuality and sexuality in your home. If you don't educate them in your home, they're going to be educated at parties and on the street and in the hallways of school where they may not be getting accurate information. I always encourage girls, especially in grade school, middle school, high school, I encourage them to develop good, close guy friends. Not boyfriends, but guy friends. Learn how to be around guys. If you're around guys, you can learn to, to not take their stuff, to give it right back, It's easier to be able to set boundaries because you've kind of toughened yourself up a little bit. Also, if they want to be confident, if they want to be able to exude confidence when they're out and about in the hallways of school, at parties, etc., they need to make sure that they are doing things that fill them up, that give them confidence. Having autonomy in, in, in choosing the things that they put their time and energy into, Being really engaged in your passions, be it music, or writing, or art, or sports, or whatever. When girls do that, they become more fulfilled, and they become more confident, and their deservability goes up. It goes up because they feel more full. If you want to have some some agreements about what she wears, then I would have open discussions with her. I would listen to her point of view. Don't just come down with rules and say, here's our family dress code. I would have those back and forth conversations about why she dresses the way she does. Is she aware of what it might attract? Uh, what does it mean to her? Blah, 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 blah. And then, cre- and then create some win-win agreements about what she can wear when she goes out. I would be- spend more energy around her doing things to help her sup- and support her self-confidence than I would about her outfits. I also want parents to rally other parents who believe what they believe about having um, the opportunity or the, the drive to develop healthier dress codes. I would, I would rally take parents together and go up and talk to schools because a lot of schools are doing these dress codes and the parents don't have any input in them. So you need to have input. You need to go up there and you need to speak sometimes for your daughters. And schools, by the way, should also be including girls in, in those conversations, obviously, but they don't oftentimes. Dress codes in school should never target specific identities, meaning if there's a dress code in place, it should be applied equally to everybody at school. Instead of having two separate dress codes for boys and girls, maybe there should be one universal dress code that lets the kids express themselves and feel confident in what they're wearing. And you have to make sure you're also aware of all the different aspects of dress codes. It's not just about midriffs, it's also about hairstyles, hairstyles, cultural and religious dress, gender neutrality. Make sure your dress code is written in terms that don't target a specific gender. And maybe most importantly, from my point of view, because of what I do in my life, I spend so much time in groups of girls, circles of girls, talking, sharing. They need to do the same thing with each other at school. And they also need to have open discussions with boys to learn from each other, to get in each other's shoes, to know how it feels when they're being objectified, when people are disrespecting them when they're walking through the hallways of school. I think girls need to listen to boys' perspective. They need to hear each other, understand each other, and then make agreements from that space. They need to talk about with each other what outfits mean, what does it say about you, Or what do you think it says about somebody else? Talk about objectification, sexual objectification. Boys sometimes are oblivious to that stuff. They need to be made aware. Even those little comments and jokes can be hurtful and very sexist. Name-calling rumors, uh, talking about girls' reputations, they need awareness about the effect of that on girls. And vice versa. And I hope that girls through those discussions and boys should have a lot of voice in what the dress code looks like if there's going to be one in their school. I also think that girls and boys need to be taught that they are always responsible for their own feelings, their thoughts, their behaviors, and their reactions. And that girls are not responsible for boys being disrespectful, which is, which is something that dress codes tend to enforce. And that's a very damaging precedent to set. We need to let them know, boys and girls together and the school, that they're they're going to send a message that girls are not at fault when boys are disrespectful. It's a boy's fault when he's disrespectful. It's not girls' responsibility to make sure boys' thoughts and behaviors and actions are appropriate. We also need to dispel myths with those young people about she was asking for it, etc. They need to have discussions about what respect and disrespect looks like with each other and talk about boundaries. And they can make agreements and set agreements with each other about how they're going to act towards each other and treat each other. And the school needs to be good about knowing what those agreements are and then enforcing them and following through with them. I cannot tell you how many girls I have talked to and counseled and also heard from in my retreats. Girls who have been harassed are worse where the boys do not get held accountable. It's that old he said, she said thing. And this belief that girls make up stories all the time, which is not true. Read that book, Missoula. There's a chapter all about that not just about girls in middle school and high school, but about women in college and women who are older than that. So many cases, the majority, vast, vast, vast majority of cases where girls' boundaries are crossed, when they're sexually harassed, when girls are raped. Most of the time, girls don't either report it because they don't think anything's going to be done, or even when they report it, nothing is done. So once you have policies in your schools, once the guys and the girls have these discussions together and they make agreements, make sure schools follow through and hold each other accountable. Well, I hope this has been helpful just to kind of dive into this topic, because I think some of you are probably hearing about it. You read about it. You hear the horror stories about it, but you probably don't hear most of the stories. I know you don't about those small little, small quote-unquote times when girls are slut-shamed, um, when they're objectified through all these things, when there's sexist comments and things. I think we need to all heighten our awareness. It started to happen more in our society with the Me Too movement, etc. But we're not doing as much as we are with movie stars and Hollywood studios as we are in the schools. And we, and we need to spend more time there, making sure that everybody's on the same page. Talk to your daughters, have open discussions. Maybe listen to this podcast with them, and hopefully that might trigger some good discussions about fashion and clothes and, and what it means when they wear certain things and how they can set better boundaries. Always feel free to pass these podcasts on. I'll put a few uh, links in my in this in the show notes for this podcast about some of the articles that I thought were good reads. Thank you so much for stopping by each week and listening to these podcasts. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you back here in a week.